Hey, the world's full of fantastic music. Each month, we explore an album of significance, its roots, how it makes us feel, and then banter about its influence and staying power. Join us on our journey as we dissect, discuss, and discover some of the world's greatest albums on The Sonic Collective. everyone welcome to the april 2020 review of our pick zz tops 1973 release trace hombres i can't believe this thing came out the year i was born and it's 47 years old uh let's just get right into what everyone thought about it hey alan tell us uh how you felt all right i will not mince words i fucking loved it <laughs> this was a really really cool um, deep dive, and I never expected it to be, you know, that good. I have, of course, I've heard Lagrange on the radio all the time. Like, it's a banger of a song. Uh, I didn't even think it was the strongest song on the album, and that's not taking anything away from Lagrange. I just straight up really liked almost every track on this album. Um, it uh, just their blend of like blues and rock and it's like this it's got this southern twang um billy gibbons on the guitar holy crap guys uh scott i think in your uh, in your sort of intro um you know a month ago or whatever you were you were saying that jimmy hendrix actually touted him as an influence on his guitar and and you were kind of surprised at you know how his his longevity in the industry mm. i can see it I mean, some of the guitar work on this album is fire. Um, highlights for me in terms of tracks, I think um, Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, that was my favorite one. I kept going back to that one. I really liked the way um, the two guys, uh, it's like dueling vocals. What's the other guy's name? It's not Frank Beard. Uh, Dusty Hill. Dusty Hill. Dusty Hill, yeah. Yeah, just Gibbons and Hill, the way they're their vocals like play with each other and they, they have very distinct voices i just really liked it on that uh on that song uh, i think the only weak point for me on the entire album was uh uh hot blue and righteous didn't really dig that track as much just because it was kind of it was almost ballady but not not in a way that i would normally like gravitate towards if i'm looking for a ballad but even then, like it was just a good song. I really, I was trying to come up with, you know, something a little more balanced to say about this album, but I really don't have a whole lot of negative to say about it. The lyrics are playful. Um, it kind of puts you in this headspace of like, you know, back then they were younger men. So they were younger dudes in Texas who just like to party, drink beer um, and, and jam and kind of, you know, be in their scene. And uh, it really kind of comes through and and shows throughout this album. So I, uh, I very much enjoyed it. And I'm glad you picked it because, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive deeper into what ZZ Top has to offer. 
Great. Thanks, Alan. Well, let's throw it over to Mr. Scott Gregory. Cool. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, I think this is really great. Uh, you know, it, it's really infused with Southern rock. And we've already talked before about groups like the Almond Brothers, uh, Brothers and Sisters, I think, came out just before this a little bit and was really one of those first Southern rock albums. Uh, Leonard Skinnerd, Simple Man is one of the greatest songs I think ever recorded and was covered by Theory of a Dead Man. Uh, shout out to CanCon on that side of things. And, and, and I think the thing I like the most about Southern rock uh, is that groups like ZZ Top and, and other ones, they just fuse really well with other genres, like like in this one, the blues. And I don't know if it's just the nature of the artists that get involved in, in this genre itself as well, too, but I, I really like it. And you can see it come all the way through into the 90s with the, the Black Crows, the Kings of Leon, 2000s, Kid Rock, I mean... Ba with the ba, the bang a bang, diggy diggy is basically the Lagrange of uh, the 2000s. So, uh, shout out to Kid Rock and Uncle Cracker keeping the torch alive, even though ZZ Top is actually still touring and performing. So they're they're still hanging onto their torch until it's pried from their cold dead hands. But Alan, something you said about uh, Jimi Hendrix and the inspiration there. I was listening to Chic and just really admiring the guitar work on there. And, and I didn't draw that line on my own, but I can see it now with the, the different play he was doing with the choppiness of it and, and everything like that. It, it's really masterful, and I can see how future guitarists would just lean into what Billy does and, and play with that too, right? And I think a really interesting feat would be trying to repeat that solo like perfectly every concert and i know i go well i used to go to a lot of concerts before the world shut down but um you know they they like to play with their own music in concert too so i think it would be really interesting to go back in time i've actually seen zz top live and i wish we would have done this first before that because now i i didn't even think to wonder if they try and play their own music perfectly when they're in concert or if they they also play with it themselves too so like I said, they're still touring. Maybe I'll get the chance. But the, one of the things that surprised me was that there's actually no covers on this album. And I noticed the last couple of times we've covered albums from the 60s and 70s, there's always at least two or three on there. And, and I did a little bit of digging in, and they didn't actually do any real covers until their sixth album, De Guelo, there. Uh, and they did two, one from Isaac Hayes and one from Robert Johnson, which is like from the 30s. So I don't know who that is. But... You know, up until then, every single track is written by them. And I can really appreciate Dude, that. We reviewed Robert Johnson. Oh, or maybe that we, was before you. No. Did we? <laughs> yeah, oh, did we? Back no, to is one. that yeah, the yeah. original blues one? Am yeah, I just yeah, drawing yeah. a blank? That might have been even pre-podcast when we were just doing it as a blog. Maybe. <laughs> that that was like really, seven years ago. I don't remember. <laughs> was it yeah, that yeah. really, really, really old one that I didn't like and that maybe I've now blocked out? Yes, I'll go, I think I'll that, go I think back and look. None of, I picked it and none of you liked it. But anyway, yeah. sorry, okay. I digress. But he, that was the base <laughs> of blues. And well, also a good episode on the Sonic Collective. Dark. I think it was, yeah. But if you were just saying it's that blues album you didn't like, uh, you would have to be more specific. Because until you fuse it with something like Southern Rock, uh, I'm just not into it. But uh, yeah, 
the cover side of things. And I think what I'd really want to stress as well, too, in general on this album was just the importance of listening to this with good headphones or, or speakers, because I listened to it on my phone a couple times and I totally lost the richness of the bass of the three piece that comes through. And I think that's something you notice is that a lot of three pieces, there isn't a lot to them, right? And two thirds of it is really relying on either like the bass of the drum or the bass guitar. Uh, and so when I was listening to it on my phone, it was a completely different experience than when I was listening to it with a, a good set of headphones on. So make sure if you're joining us on this, that you're also listening on something that's going to allow the richness of the low end to come through. Um, I'm not going to go too much into a lot of the songs. I know that we're probably going to have an ACDC conversation in a person or two here. Uh, looking through the... Um, the wiki there was a big deal made about the transition between waiting for the bus and jesus just left chicago i didn't see it i didn't see it before i read the wiki and i couldn't even really see anything special about it after i read the wiki on it so i don't know what was so great about that but that's there uh apparently what i did like was that there is some rock harmonica on both of those tracks so uh shout out to James Harmon, who plays the harmonica on both of those. The world needs more cowbell. The world needs more harmonica. Um, I think the only thing that really stood out for me is that uh, on Hot, Blue, and Righteous, it really sounded like Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. The guitar work on it, it totally sounds, the guitar, it sounds like Kirk Hammett just picked up Billy's guitar and start playing on that song just a little bit slower right i alan i would be interested in you listening back to it again with that in mind and seeing if you see that similarity as well too but once once that stuck in my head i couldn't i couldn't shake it now hopefully mm. none of you hopefully i've ruined the song for everyone else as well too. i'm gonna have to do that and i wonder <laughs> if you're right maybe kirk hammett was actually inspired by zz top just like ZZ Top was inspired by ACDC. So we're going full circle. I think Billy right. Gibbons inspired a lot of great guitars. For I sure. So. Yeah. For sure. So I'm not going to say a lot about LaGrange. It's obviously one of the greatest songs ever. I think out of all the songs on this album, that's the one that sounds most quintessential ZZ Top for me. It's got the big ranging guitar solo in it, the kind of lyrics going. So, um, yeah, that one stood out to me as well, too, just because it does feel like it's the sound of the, the start of their signature sound coming through. Uh, and I already spoke about Chic and how I was really impressed with guitar on that. So overall, big fan of Southern Rock uh, and their blues influence was not able to poison the well on that for me. Uh, I believe. Ooh, oh, yeah. Darren. OK. Well, you know what? Usually, Darren, the the person picking goes last. But Darren, I know usually all has all kinds of factoids. So let's end with Darren, and I'm going to jump in and then throw to him last to 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 bring it home. You brought up something, Scott, which is really important: is headphones. And I don't do this enough. And I was listening recently. I have some really nice Sony um, Bluetooth headphones, and I was listening to another album on them and I could hear so many sounds that I'd never heard on the album before. So yeah, I think you bring up a good one. Anytime you're listening to an album, it's worth throwing on some solid headphones and so much more comes through. Like you guys, I really, really love this album and I, and I don't think there's a weak track on it. It's interesting you brought up the no cover songs on it because a lot of bands in that time did do cover songs. I just love the flow of it. And you know, okay, you brought up the ACDC, but Jesus Left Chicago came in out in 1973. And I nearly shat myself when I heard it because I love Ride On by ACDC. Like I've long loved that song, but that came out in 77. 
So that's four years after Jesus left Chicago. And that's not even a similarity. Like those are the exact same musical songs. Still love both of them, but incredibly the same. Uh, Alan mentioned Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers. I loved it. And as soon as I heard it, it reminded me of the movie Dazed and Confused, which if you remember that is set in 70s Texas. And I immediately just thought of the scene where they're all out having a beer party kind of near the tower. And I'm like, this song completely fits that era and time. And strangely, that movie is also in Texas. Hot Blue and Righteous, I kind of found it came right at the right time. You know, fifth song in, brings it down, just the perfect time to go refresh your beer. And I know you're probably all getting tired of me hearing me say this, but this is an album in the truest sense. You know, the songs are put together in a certain order. They flow well. It, it really like moves you through moods and energy the whole way through. Of course, Lagrange, we've all touched on that. I mean, such a classic and it's informed so many other songs. And, you know, you I, I can't remember the song you just mentioned, you know, similar to a Metallica song. But I mean, ZZ Top have laid the track works for so many. And you've all mentioned Chic. I just love the kind of trippy, long fade out on that one. It was really, really neat. So overall, I really love the blues rock blend of this album, which was really something happening in that era, especially like think Rolling Stones. They were all about black blues music at that time. Same with the Yardbirds, same with Zeppelin. So they were right around that same period. And those were all English bands. And until I really listened to this, I don't think ZZ Top kind of gets any of the real props and credit they should really get. And I love now the first six or so early ZZ Top albums. And what's funny is Eliminator was the first one I knew as a kid. And most people probably know. I don't like it nearly as much as all the albums before that. So getting ahead of myself with the influence, you think, go back and listen to all ZZ Top's like first six albums or so. They're incredible. And you mentioned Gibbons still doing it. He has a new blues album coming out, I think, in another month or two. So, yeah, I love this one start to finish. How about you, Darren? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm totally with you guys. I, I own this album. I, I didn't pick it up too long ago, probably about a year and a half ago. Um, like everybody, I think I'd heard LaGrange. I'd heard Beer Drinkers, a couple of songs. But I hadn't really uh, actually heard the whole album. And when I got it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that LaGrange is on it. And I listened to it, and it blew me away. When you picked this, I was pretty pumped because I, I knew how good of an album it was. Um, uh, yeah, a couple things about it. I do like the facts sometimes, uh, just the facts, man. Uh, but yeah, this was the third album and the first two were kind of roughly unknown and they were a little rough and, and, uh, Billy Gibbons was known to say that they were, he really felt sorry that they, the sound that they wanted came out in this album. Uh, and they also got the producer, Terry Manning. Uh, he had done Led Zeppelin three. He worked for Stax records in Memphis for many years. Stax is a, like, real famous soul uh, uh, um, uh, label and uh, they produced a lot of great uh, soul acts so um, he knew that uh, he could really get that blues out of them um, and I think that he really did and it came out and it did that sound like I agree like that uh, beer drinkers like dook, 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 dook. yeah it's just like such a good you know fun party of just driving uh, I, I always say like I find the one thing I like about ZZ top and yes, uh, Scott mentioned it and I will say it like they get accused of like, Oh, it's like ACDC or these other bands that just sound the same. Or we just uh, did an interview with Danko Jones, a great Canadian artist who also, you know, is kind of known for just some good, straightforward, good rock and music. But I, I said that in the interview with Danko Jones and I'll say it here. Like 
I'm starting to get pissed off at these people. And even, you know what, I hate to say this as a, a Canadian, I mean, they get bashed, but Nickelback is an amazing band and uh, they get criticized so much, but we realize the talent it takes to produce a great song after great song, even with help. It's just amazing and mind blowing. There is serious talent there, no matter what. Um, and people are just like, basically, they're so good, they're making it look easy. And yes, it just it is pretty straightforward music. They don't deviate so much from their specialty. They're really good at what they do. Uh, but yes, they're amazing. So I'll just leave that there. But um, and I like how they just kind of sit in the pocket. Um, I always think of Kim Deal, the bassist for the Pixies, was really known for that. Known for not doing much. And but just she was the, the, the queen of just kind of sitting in the pocket and laying that riff for the Pixies uh, and they would just play with her and uh, it just carried it. And I just think uh, especially Frank Beard on the drums and just like so tight that I mean, they're just so tight together. Um, I forget the name of the documentary that's on Netflix right now. Uh, but they have a little band from Texas or something. Like yes. That. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Great documentary. And it um, it starts out where they talk about just how they when they first got together, they would just sit there and jam the blues. They just start playing blues riffs and just jam off each other. And you can tell this band has played together um, for a long time. Obviously, this was only a few years after they started, but um, just tight, tight, tight musicians and uh, the definition of the word. The other thing I really picked up, uh, and I agree, headphones. Also, I listen on quality vinyl and your car is good, too, I find. Crank it up, especially if you have a, a subwoofer. Um, but yes, uh, I find you can. It's very well produced. I find you can pick out the, the instruments very clearly. Like you can hear the bass line super clearly. You can hear the guitars and, and the mastery of Billy Gibbons. Cause it sounds like there's three guitars and it's just one. And, uh, and then Frank Beard, uh, amazing. And I really find the drums, if anything, are just cranked up a notch more than a lot of bands are comfortable with. They usually keep the drums a little more subdued in the background, even though that sounds silly, but I just find like you can pick up, you can feel like you can, you can literally see him playing. I just think the sound was just so amazing. Um, yeah, Billy Gibbons, we talked about him, such an amazing guitarist. Uh, you realize he got to play, he played with Jimi Hendrix when he was super young in like 1968, played with them. He got to play with uh, Dwayne Allman, who he said taught him a lot. Um, and, and he realized after he saw how good Allman was, how much he had to practice and just get tighter and more precise and slowed down and more deliberate. And he, and that's Billy, uh, Billy Gibbons really credits like those two guys. That's pretty good idols to look up to. So, I mean, wow. Um, you know, and Billy Gibbons also said that really, they really liked how they had gone to Memphis and just nailed it, the home of the blues, and they were welcome there. Um, and yeah, he said they were honorary citizens of Memphis after this album, and that just felt like they kind of made it. Um, and they, they said they got their shit kicker credentials. Actually, that was a, a, a pitchfork reporter named Andy Beta that uh, there's an article, and I'll post it in the show notes, but it was a really interesting article on them. He said they got their shit kicker credentials, and I always liked that. Uh, quickly, LaGrange was about a whorehouse, the best little whorehouse in Texas. I, I'm not sure. Nobody really mentioned that, but uh, that's what it was about. You know, the movie that Dolly Parton and Burt Rounds was in was based on that, but it was a real place from like 1903, and it closed in 73, and there's this controversy saying that they, some felt that because LaGrange came out and identified it, that that's why I got closed, which was not true because... It was a whorehouse. It was probably going to get closed down eventually. But uh, anyway, yeah, like I, I loved it. Uh, I loved it. Such a great album. Uh, maybe we can throw it back to scores now and uh, kind of summarize from here. So let's go back to the beginning and let's go to Alan. All right. Yeah. Um, I 
it's been a long time since I've done this, but I think I got to give it fives all around. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed this album way more than I expected to. Um, you know, ZZ Top is a legendary band, and this album just had nothing but gold on it, I think. Um, yeah, there, there really wasn't any weak points. And um, like Scott Coates said, I mean, if you listen to it just in the order of, you know, how they released it, it all flows together really nicely. Um, you know, it's it's just a great album. It's perfect length to to sit and listen and get through. I found the recording to be, um, it didn't sound dated at all. Like, I forgot I was listening to an album from 73. This could have been released in the 90s. You know, it doesn't really sound dated to my ears. And maybe that's just because I haven't listened to a lot of Southern rock from that era. But uh, either way, I don't think... I don't think I've given fives across the board for a number of years now on the Sonic Collective. So ZZ Top, fives all around. Wow. Okay. Scott Gregory. Oh, that's uh, that's hard to follow. I would just like to to say in rebuttal to Darren that, like many Canadians, I do love to poke fun at Nickelback. Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be justified. But in their defense, the acoustic version of Leader of Min is absolutely one of my favorite songs of all time. And the fact that it's Canadian is icing on the cake. So shout out to Nickelback. A very rare shout out to Nickelback <laughs> from, from me since I try to be honest here. I didn't say I love their music. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go on record too as saying I really do enjoy Nickelback songs and I will stand up and defend them every chance I get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So would I recommend ZZ Top? Of course I would recommend. ZZ Top. I'm going to give them a five uh, on that front. Uh, I've enjoyed them a long time, but I think like Scott, I didn't really listen to any of their early stuff when I first got into them. Like I said, I liked them enough to to actually straight up go see them in concert, but I didn't go back in time with them. So influence, I will say, is a 4.5 because of that. that They didn't influence me to go back uh, in time on them on that front, and that's even as someone who really likes Southern Rock. I honestly didn't even put them in that category until we did this uh, podcast, so shout out for that. But in the spirit of rounding up, I'm going to give this album an overall a 5 because it is an album it's an amazing album it's well put together produced extremely well uh and it's third album in but it's tight it's crisp it's strong uh you can see the influence that it has going forward on all these other artists and i really think anyone that wants to understand southern rock in in general it, it filled a big hole on that front for me and then uh, some of those groups that I had mentioned in the start, as far as, um, you know, the Black Crows, the Kings of Leon, Kid Rock, all this progression going all the way up into our own time. And the fact that they could wind up playing in concert with ZZ Top still, uh, you just really need to, to listen to this album, everyone. Five. Great. Well, I'll jump in. Uh, recommend a five. I mean, I'm just repeating what you said, but got to hear this if you're interested in music. Influence, I'll give it a 4.5. I'm not sure what it would need to get a five, but 4.5. On the influence, one band I'm finally going to listen to that I've heard mentioned in documentaries and articles the last couple of years of the Moving Sidewalks, which Billy Gibbons started in. So it's time for me to now finally, I've been influenced, I'm going to listen to the Moving Sidewalks. And overall, I'll give it a five. I'm just not sure what more you could possibly want for in an album. How about you, Darren? 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, such a great album, right? Um, two things quickly, uh, you know, Frank Beard, apparently the drummer is a scratch golfer, which is amazing, and recovering drug addict, and he was credited as Rube Beard on this album, actually. Uh, that was his nickname, Rube, and uh, no, I couldn't actually, I tried to find why they called him Rube, and it was this his nickname, there was nothing, it was the 70s, I don't know, they were high a lot. But, um, and uh, I, do, I do like uh, Cannabis, and uh, Legend uh, just released a new one, a local Calgary... Uh, uh, edible cannabis supplier. They uh, have a new dark orange uh, chocolate. It's very nice. 10 milligrams THC hybrid. Good stuff. Good stuff. Highly recommend it. Don't overdo it. Just start a little bit and dose later. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of thought about this and I had, I think I think I had a 0.5 and stuff, but the more I think about it, this is fine. This is a banger. Like who's kidding who shit, man. This is like such a good album. Uh, like you can put this one in a party, let it play banger. Fuck like five's done. Like, yeah. So well done, Scott, like great pick. I already knew I loved the album, but uh, it was nice to really like give it a month and just go through it. Like I, I probably listened to this 12 times and that's a lot if you think in a month uh, uh so yeah yeah good job scott and uh, well done yeah well i didn't pick it because you know thinking that it was going to be so unanimously liked but just that hey they were on my radar so i'm glad everyone enjoyed it just historically i think it's a great musical journey and just back to alan one thing you said is that it doesn't sound like 1973 i mean darren you also mentioned the producer made Led Zeppelin three. So it just kind of brings it all together. So I really encourage people to go listen to other uh, ZC top albums. I love Tejas. They have is awesome. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, who is picking next? Is it Alan or Scott? I can never remember. It is me. I am picking next. Um, I've already got the pick in mind. I think Alan's muted. Alan's <laughs> well, we'll cut that. <laughs> I, I'm not. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, we yes. can now. Okay. Yeah, we can. I don't know. hear I, the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> it didn't show as muted. Uh, yes, that would be me picking next. I've already got the pick uh, in draft mode on our website, which you can find at thesoniccollective.com, by the way. Perfect. Looking forward to it. Thanks to listening, everybody. Great new pick coming up for May 2021. Thanks for listening and exploring with us. We'll be back real soon with another pick and critique of albums that matter here at the Sonic Collective.